Hello, this is Tim, the lead pastor of Mosaic Portland, and welcome to the Mosaic Portland podcast. We exist to follow Jesus in authentic community for the world. And right now we're gathering Sundays online uh, to worship together and to open up scripture together. And then after that, we have virtual house gatherings that meet all over our city. And the great thing about these is that you can actually join in wherever you're listening from. We think these right now are the best way to be known, to connect with others, uh, and to be on mission together. They're also where we pray together on Sundays in smaller communities, where we take communion together and debrief what the talk was about and engage scripture more. If you want to find out more information of how to be a part of one in this season, you can find out more info on our website, mosaicportland.org. Now let's go to scripture together as we listen to this podcast. Hey, welcome. It's good to be with you at this time. Whether you're with us on Sunday or if you're listening or watching it at another time, it's really good to be with you. My name's Tim. I'm a lead pastor of Mosaic, and we're in a series that we're calling Simple. Simple. The basic habits that, that help us to follow Jesus in a complex world. Uh, we know we live in a complex world right now. That's, there's no question about that. And what cuts through that is just some simple basic habits and not just ones that we created or came up with, but that we actually look to Jesus for. And what we've been talking about the last two weeks specifically is, is how habits form us. And the reality is, is that our life is made up largely of habits. Not only is our life made up of things that we do repeatedly, regularly, that we just go to, but those habits end up forming us. They, they shape who we are. And so it, it matters a ton of, of what we do repeatedly, what we put our time, energy, and focus on. And as we look to the life of Jesus, Jesus practiced some simple things that, that connected him with his father. And not only was he, was he participating and practicing these to, to connect with his father, but modeling for us what would do the same for us that we would actually connect with God, that we would, we would live more like Jesus, that we would connect with him and know him. And so in a complex world, we're looking right now at these simple things that can kind of cut through all of it. Another way to think about it is with everything that's swirling around us and all the distractions, what is it that we're centered on? And so we want to come back to Jesus repeatedly in many ways. And so in sticking with our title of simple, um, I want to let you know that, that we're we're going to be simple. This isn't going to be complex. This isn't going to even be mysterious, although there is a lot of mystery in the things that we'll look at this week and the next two weeks. But we're going to try to be really, really simple, basic habits that help us connect with Jesus. Prayer, scripture, and song. Prayer, scripture, and song. We're going to take a look at this week at prayer, next week at scripture, and the third week at song, and how we can actually habitually go to these, go to prayer, go to scripture, song. And have that connect us with Jesus and, and form us more like him. So um, what I want to do uh, today as we look at prayer is a couple things. First, I want to look at Jesus uh, in scripture, how Jesus prayed and how he taught his disciples to pray. And then what I want to do is give you just some really, again, simple, basic tools or helps for us to pray. And then thirdly, we're going to spend some time listening to a friend of mine. Uh, many of you will know uh, Morris Dirks. He used to be a teaching pastor here at Mosaic, mentors and, and as a spiritual director for many pastors in our city and across our nation in Canada. Uh, and I got to do an interview with him uh, this, this past week and, and really uh, important for us to hear what he has to share from his life of prayer. So life of Jesus, some simple tools, and then, and then we're going to talk with Morris for a little bit. Um, I, 
As we do this, I also want to just acknowledge and affirm that when it comes to prayer, many of us, we hear that word and we immediately feel uh, deficient. We feel less than. And, and while that, that kind of stings to reflect on that and think of that, what, it, what, I, what we can affirm is that we long to connect with the God of the universe. We long to be able to hear his voice and sense his direction. We long to be able to sit in his presence and just enjoy him. Another word to say is to delight in the presence of God. We long for that. So many of us wish that we experienced that more. Came a great, a, a great quote uh, this week in a, in a book that is uh, called How to Pray, uh, A Simple Guide for Normal People. Fits our series really well. I uh, wish I would have come across it earlier, uh, but just a, uh, just recently came across that book. Peter Gregg has uh, helped lead a, a movement that started in Europe, has now gone around the world, called the 24-7 Prayer Movement, um, has actually helped put together an app that I've talked about for a couple months called the Lectio 365 he has this great comment, this great uh, sentence that says, where he says, um, delight without discipline eventually, inevitably dissipates. Listen to that again. Delight without discipline eventually, inevitably dissipates. It diminishes, it, it disappears. That's true in our relationships. That's true in our hobbies, things that we enjoy doing without discipline. The things that we delight in and enjoy will diminish and dissipate over time. And so as we approach the God of the universe, as we approach a life of following and knowing Jesus, as we, as we step into this life of being empowered by the Holy Spirit and walking with the Holy Spirit, discipline actually helps. Simple habits help. Jesus modeled this for us. In Mark chapter 1, verse 35, one sentence, and it just gives us a, a sneak peek at what, what Jesus does in, at the beginning of his day. Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Jesus set his alarm early, got up before the sun got up, went out away from who he was, who he was with, the home that he was in, and went out and found a solitary place where he could just be alone with his father. Jesus did that. And we find out throughout the New Testament, throughout Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, where he did that repeatedly. Jesus took time to get away to talk with his father. He put that discipline in his life because it was something he delighted and wanted, intimacy with his father. In Earlier in, in Matthew, uh, in, in, the, in the midst of the Sermon on the Mount, we have recorded what's often referred to as the Lord's Prayer. Uh, I like to think of it as the Disciples' Prayer because Jesus is actually training us as his disciples how to pray. The same prayer shows up in the book of Luke where his disciples look to him and say, Jesus, you get up and go to a solitary place and pray. Jesus, we hear you pray in front of us. Would you teach us to do that? And in, the, in Matthew, when that prayer shows up, Jesus previews it with a little something and he, he actually gives us some really simple how-tos. Matthew chapter six, verse five says this, starting in verse five. And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand, they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they've received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father, who sees what is done is in secret, will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like the pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your father knows what you need before you ask him. This is screaming at us, just be simple, just be basic. 
You don't need to be like the religious leaders who stand on the street corner who want to be seen praying. No, you don't need to be like them. Just go into your home, go into the quiet, close the door, sit there and be with your heavenly father and talk with him. And it says, you don't even need to be like other faiths or other religions and certainly people within our own faith. Use lots of words and try to be really verbose. That's even a big word in of itself. But to sound really good and to craft what you're saying so that God is somehow impressed with you. But just to be yourself. It doesn't take many words, but just to be simple, just to be present. And so Jesus is training his early disciples, and these words are for us today just as much as they were for him. Just come and be with God your Father. And then he goes into the disciples' prayer or the Lord's prayer. This then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Followers of Jesus have been memorizing that, repeating it, saying it over and over and over again for almost 2,000 years, for over 2,000 years. And so we don't need to to improve on that. That is a great starting point. We need a simple starting point to begin a habit. That's a great one. Let me give you these just two uh, tools. And uh, I, I kind of just struggle with these because they're acronyms and I'm kind of just generally opposed to acronyms. I really like these acronyms. These are really two helpful ones and they're both for prayer, obviously. The first one is ACTS. You may have heard that one before. And the second one, get this, is the word prayer or pray. Acts and pray, four, four letters in each. Acts, A-C-T-S. Start with adoration, to just simply acknowledge who God is. Hallowed be your name. Confession, to acknowledge God. This is where I've sinned. This is where I've done wrong. This is what I'm struggling with. This is a word that I spoke that wasn't good. This is a, a thought that I had about another person. Whatever it might be to confess and say, God, I want to hold these before you. That might sound really challenging. And yet what it does is when we've adored God for who he is and then we confess it opens us up to receive grace and we actually are able to receive forgiveness as we pray with God. A-C-T is thanksgiving, uh, to express thanks or gratitude or appreciation. And we know what that does is it connects us with God as it does with any other person. But when we say thanks to God, it connects us to him. And then S is this really fancy word, supplication. Yeah, supplication. It, it just means ask. Ask God for what you need and want. We're invited to over and over, ask God. He's like a father who wants to give good gifts to his children. We adore, we confess, we thank him for who he is and what he's given us and how he's provided for us. And then we ask for what we need. That's a simple acronym. If you need a tool to help you, just where do I even start in prayer? That's one. Another one is, is P-R-A-Y. The first is to, to pause and just to stop. And when Jesus says, when you pray, you got to stop other things and, and to go, I'm going to pray now. Pause. R is for rejoice. Be simple as a, as a door or give thanks, but rejoice in who God is and what he's done. A is ask again. That's a lot simpler than supplication if you want that. There you go. A. And then why? I like this one on, on this acronym is yield. Just yield. So you ask God for what you want, and then you kind of with open hands go, it's all in your hands, God. I'm not going to hold on to any of it. I'm not going to tightly grip onto things. I'm going to I'm going to hold it open-handed and, and yield and be willing to follow you. So those are just some really simple tools. What I want to do now is, is have us listen to 
Morris just kind of share some of his life. And so um, I'm going to ask him a few questions and he's going to share with us. And it's just really great stuff to, to listen to somebody who's been following Jesus for, for decades and the joys and struggles that he's had along with some helps that I think we'll find is really, really simple, practical helps and habits uh, for us. And then also I want to end with just some challenges after uh, the interview with, with Morris. And so uh, you'll hear that as well. So let's, let's take a listen to how Morris answers these questions. So uh, we're talking about prayer, mm-hmm. and uh, I thought of you because uh, the way that you have cared for and led leaders is by sharing your own life, and part of that has been your prayer life. And so early on in our relationship, you talked openly about uh, your joys and struggles in talking to God. And so uh, first question I want to ask is, uh, what's, your, what's your greatest joy in your prayer life uh, Tim, before you get going on the answer to that, you thought of me because God told you to ask Morris to talk about prayer because <laughs> this has been the hardest year in my mm. prayer life and I've been a Christian for 15 years. It's been the year when I've felt God feels absent and I was distracted, mm. felt like I was being overrun with ADD and grab this and look at that and, and, and not be able to enter into my prayer life the way I wanted to. But to answer your question... Um, the greatest breakthrough is the discovery that um, I don't acquire anything from God. I don't have to try to get anything from God. That is already given. I just need to receive. So when I come to my prayer life, I have grown up with this sense of, uh, over my history, a, a sense of shame or guilt of I need to deliver something quality to God in prayer. I need to, I need to pray well to show God that I'm into this and I'm committed and I'm engaged and somehow that I, I I win his favor or he will respond. And I I can feel better about my day because I prayed. I had my quiet time Mm -hmm. or read my Bible and to discover that everything is already done. And whenever I come in, there's no achieving, there's no acquiring there's no having to attain anything. I come into a full, full-blown spirit of unconditional acceptance. Whether I've been praying or not, been attentive yeah. or not, I start in at the fullest place. I fall into the ocean again. Hmm. I don't have to swim anywhere. I don't have to climb anywhere. I can just enter the love of God again and access. That, that thing that we all long for is just to be able to be. Yeah. And not have to, to earn or yeah. to do or to acquire. I like that. Yeah. That's so helpful. Yeah. Acquire. For me, that's just fundamental. And that's been the biggest struggle of my Christian life yeah. is, is to always just realize we come to a place where we fully receive and we don't acquire. We don't work for it. Hmm. Um, so you just said struggle. Just in that, That's actually the second, second question I wanted to ask is, if that's the greatest joy, and I love the word breakthrough that you use, like the greatest breakthrough is realizing that and um, and experiencing that. What's been what's been the struggle to to get there? Yeah, the struggle has been. I'm a feeling person, so for me, um, if if prayer was just cognitive work or um, an unfeeling experience, but for me, uh, relationships are about feeling. I'm mm-hmm. I'm high on the extrovert and feeling quadrants and so for me to engage in prayer when there's no feeling uh there's a sense of for me though it's not true there's a sense of distance like this doesn't feel meaningful so this can't be real 
And I'm having to learn that uh, feeling or not, sense of a mystical union with God or not, I'm, I'm still fully engaged and in the presence of God. And that prayer is as meaningful as prayer without feeling, without any sense of wonder, without any desire or want to going on. And in fact, you know, I've read some of the great people in prayer say that, that God is most honored by our prayer life when we come and there isn't any energy. So, so stop right there for a minute. Cause that, yeah. you, you said a, a few minutes ago, you, uh, you've been following Jesus for 50 years. Uh-huh. Um, and then, and so you've got a lot of experience and now to, to say that the greatest struggle has been working through that to find that it's most meaningful when, when you don't feel all that, when the yeah. experience isn't everything. I, that's really significant. I, I think most, I mean, I, I know for me, yeah. that's, that's hard to believe. I know I would assume most people yeah. watching or listening to this would, aren't quite sure if they're ready to, to believe that. You know, I'm so encouraged by people who've been, the, the people who write about prayer over the last, you know, mm-hmm. hundreds of years, yeah. talk about seasons where um, the, the feeling and the, the engagement did not feel easy. It wasn't a time of sensing God's presence and the wonder of his union. And they discovered that praying in those times was very important for them. And that feeling, that sense of energy, that sense of love, that sense of closeness to God was not the foundation of a deep prayer life. And so for me, that's been hopeful. Hmm. I think that Often we've been reading on books and hearing sermons about how prayer becomes wonderful and we get so close to Jesus and we sing so many songs that are emotional of Jesus, I love you, Jesus, you're wonderful. Almost Jesus is is like this incredible, meaningful, romantic love relationship. That's the way some of our songs feel. And then we go to our prayer life and we don't feel any of Hmm. of that, what we were singing about on Sunday. And we kind of wonder, what's wrong with me? And what's wrong with my prayer life? And uh, there's nothing wrong with it. So that's, that's gold right there is to, cause where you started was the greatest joy was the breakthrough to realize that. And to say, there's not, you know, that, that, that stirs up shame yeah, shame. so quickly. Shame. And then it becomes a, um, a work of getting out of that or proving itself totally. and, and somehow creating or crafting that grabbing for it. And yep. it just kind of moving further away as you're creating or crafting your way out of your shame is, is what I meant at the beginning when yeah. I said, no, we just fall back into the ocean because yeah. yeah. like, like we can't, we don't do things to acquire God or get closer or bring him closer to yeah. us. He is absolutely and unconditionally close and in us all the time. So we fall into that again, rather than work our way back by praying or doing something to win favor or feel better about ourselves because we did it. So that, that brings up the third question. Cause I think what's really important for us in this, in this series right now is, uh, habits, simple habits, really simple, basic habits that that help create space where we're actually doing that. Your phrase of falling back into the ocean yeah. to create space for us to do that, not a, a, a habit or something that we do that that earns that, right? That, that creates the space for yeah. us to to be yeah. there. So, what's a um, just give us a practical, tangible thing that you practice and a habit for that works for you for prayer? So, Tim, let me give you three or four. <laughs> Who knows what'll happen. Great. I remember Richard Foster saying something that was really important. Um, maybe I read it 
although I did get to study under him briefly. Um, and he said, pray as you can, not as you can't. And I think sometimes that prayer is made out to be this thing that we have to really um, step up and do well and uh, don't, don't fumble, don't get distracted, um, find all the right words, make sure you get through everything. And, and, and it becomes this burden. And we try to pray like some maybe great saint might pray, you know, and, 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 and just to be human. And to pray as you can, not as you can't, allowed me to come down to, hey, start where you are and don't try to, don't try to be somewhere. Yeah. Another really helpful thing that happened to me about 25, 30 years ago is I just realized I don't know how to pray the way I want to. And so I started to come across books of prayers, people who had written prayer books all the way back in the history, gathering prayers from all the way back to shortly after Jesus, things that were recorded to right up to the present. And I've got maybe 15 or 20 books in my library. And those books allowed me to find words to pray. And I found other people were saying what I desperately wanted to say. So all of a sudden, I was being carried along on their waves of prayer and personalizing those. And I have those books listed and, and be happy to give you a bibliography that you can post sometime yeah. maybe the top five that 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 people might like if you ever want to do That's that great. Yeah. then i think one of the most important things for me in my prayer journey was uh was realizing that prayer tied in with reading scripture in a very natural way rather than i read my bible and then i try and pray for five minutes 10 minutes 20 minutes or whatever amount of time you say i should try and i found that prayer just moves in and out of of the words. So right now I'm just reading through the life of Christ again. I'm reading the message. I'm starting with the gospels and I'm just kind of liking the different way that Eugene Peterson wrote it. But Mm -hmm. I'm just coming across something and going, whoa, stop. And my prayer life kind of hinges into that thought in the text. And I go, what is that about God? And I'm able to let my prayer life connect with my reading to go back and forth. So Lectio Divina just means sacred reading, and it means you're you're praying as you're reading and you're using the text to trigger your prayer life. And so sometimes my my I don't divide reading the Bible and praying. I will just be reading and praying at the same time, mm-hmm. work, working through that yeah. at, at the same time. And um, the other one is that this business of just being able to stop and not perform, I have I've loved learning to uh, practice silent prayer or contemplative prayer, mm-hmm. which is just stopping to remember that God is looking at me. He's actually living inside of me. But it's helpful to think of him as looking at me in love and just letting it be a quiet time of receiving love mm-hmm. uh, and knowing I'm loved and not trying to do anything in prayer. Mm-hmm. A long time ago, I went to see a guy that was this really deep, godly leader who was mentoring other guys. I'm sure he was in his 80s. And I went to see him and I said, sometimes I like to just go walking, but I don't want to pray by talking to God. I just want to walk and be quiet with him. I just want to be in his presence. And he looked at me and said, oh, that's the best kind of prayer. (laughs) As opposed to trying to think it all through and get it all done and make it cognitive and put it into words somehow. It was just being together. It was very relaxing for me. And and so those are some of the the things that I've discovered in prayer that have been helping me. 
But I always have to keep coming back to, to uh, what's, what's getting in the way of me being able to relax with God? What's the, yeah. what's, the, what's the thing that I'm trying to perform that makes me feel like I'm not enough, that shame issue? And these are things that have helped me to move past that. Yeah. And, but I have to battle it. You know, here, I still battle it all the time. And mm. as I said, this has been my hardest year in yeah. journeying through that. I'm sorry to hear that it's been your hardest year, and yet um, I also want to thank you because it, what what you are sharing and modeling isn't is encouraging to so many of us because we feel and experience the same things. And yeah. so, um, thank you for struggling. I'm sorry you struggled, mm. but thank you for sharing it with if us. If God can use my struggling to help someone, then good. <laughs> yeah, <everything. laughs> I'm all in. Um, so I, I do. Uh, I want to. I want to offer three. Uh, kind of um, challenges, or if it helps you, you can think of it as an invitation. But as we look at this next week for for us as Mosaic, um, if if you, when it comes to prayer, um, if you would kind of self-categorize as beginner, intermediate, or expert, and I had a friend this week that shared with me that uh, when they were in sixth grade and middle school, they started getting timed for the mile and a half and ran as hard as they could. Mm-hmm. And it took them until they were in eighth grade to realize if they ran slower, then their time at the beginning of the year would be longer mm. and then they could improve it over the year. So that's an encourager. If you're not sure what you are, just downgrade yourself, <laughs> slow down yes. and run slower. So Start, begin beginner. where you are. Yes. Yeah, some of you might know you're a beginner. Others of you might think you're intermediate. Just slide into beginner category for this week. But a simple habit to embrace for this week is at the beginning of your day. I love how scripture talks about it. We read it earlier. It's at the early in the morning, Jesus started. Jesus started something before the rest of his day. So you can pray anytime, all the time for sure. But at the beginning of the day, I think it's particularly helpful. So here's for a beginner. Take five minutes at the beginning of the day and to create that space, just to use that tool of acts or pray, those two acronyms we looked at earlier, um, and just to take five minutes to pray through that. And so kind of create that space and just just be. It doesn't have to sound great. Um, it doesn't have to be the right words, but just take five minutes and just a simple habit at the beginning of the day. If you're intermediate, um, I'm going to encourage you to include somebody else. And so if you're praying along and you you feel kind of competent, you've got some momentum there, you're feeling decent about it, if you're kind of intermediate, would you share what's going on in your prayer life with somebody else and share just like Morris did, what's a joy or a struggle? Where are you connecting with Jesus or where are you struggling? But to in- share it with somebody else is actually a simple habit that will help move move you forward. And a third one, and this is for the experts, um, if you're an expert in prayer and you go, these are great simple habits, but you're 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 flying along and you're you're doing great. If you're an expert, would you this week take somebody else and and encourage them, support them in prayer, or invite them along with you to pray? Invite them along. It's it's actually that step of mentoring where you're bringing somebody else alongside you and and you're going so beginner, intermediate. Uh, or or expert, we'll post those. But that's that's for this week to um, to put into practice, and that's what we want is to, is to these simple habits to help connect us to Jesus in a in a complex world. Tim, those are those are so accessible. I hope so. That's the, I, I yeah. thought you might say the experts should lay down on a bed of nails <laughs> and try to levitate. So in how did that go for you? So. <laughs> <laughs> I have actually heard that there are people in the history of the church that have levitated in prayer, and I go, "That is, uh, that is not, that that is not, <laughs> not in my realm." You haven't, you haven't that is that. that not, no. I, I like to joke about it. I'm so, I'm so a beginner. Uh, so many, so many comments. So 
few appropriate right now, so I won't. I won't comment. Uh, on that. We've had our fun together. We we have. Morris, thank you so much for uh, for not just years, but just this moment today of sharing your life and sharing your journey with Jesus. It's it's inspiring. It's encouraging. It's it's really helpful for us. Mm. Thank you. Thank you, Tim. It's an yeah. honor. Love you. Love you too. Okay.